Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's give God a cheer. Amen. Because He's good. And He's great. And He's amazing. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. I wonder if you could just look at somebody and say, man, I'm glad I'm sitting by you. All right. All right. And then promise not to bother them too much. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. It's good to see everybody here today. Thank you for visiting. If you're here with us, maybe for the first time, uh, God bless you. We just uh, really just excited that you're here. Happy you're here. And uh, uh, we're just happy that, to be here ourselves. So, uh, but it's good to see everybody. And those that are joining us online, God bless you. And, um, you know, if you're just struggling in your body with sickness or uh, just not really feeling well, we are praying for you. We're believing God that God's going to touch you today and that through this uh, online um, service or whatever, just joining us online, that God's going to really minister to you. And so how many are believing God for your whole house to be saved and healed and delivered? And thank God for the covenant we have and through Jesus Christ today. How many believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ? Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. I believe that and convinced of that. And so we're excited uh, for really that knowing that truth and discovering that truth today. So excited about that. Well, I'm uh, going to get right into the word today and preach and uh, I don't see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes today. But I'm excited about continuing the series about living under the influence and the power of grace in our lives. And how many are thankful for the grace of God? Come on, how many know about the grace of God? How many know that it wasn't you, had nothing to do with it, nothing you could do? You can't work for salvation, but just because He loved you, He set His love on you, and He made a plan for you to be His forever. Amen? Isn't that good? Amen? Aren't you glad that God has a better plan than we do? Aren't you glad that He's got a better way than we have? And so I'm so excited about that. And uh, in our text in Titus chapter 2, we read, amen, that Paul was writing, and he said <clears throat> that... Really, it's the grace of God has appeared to all men that the grace of God is teaching us to, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust in this present age. And the Bible goes on to say, and he declares that we're looking for that blessed hope, the glorious day of the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's what we put our hope in. And, uh, and he leads out and he says about grace, he says that the grace of God has appeared to all men teaching us. And so that's kind of where we were. And we talked about it in the last couple of weeks. If you need to just kind of catch up online, you can do that. But today I want to go in a little bit, uh, something a little bit different and talk about the grace of God, the power of grace in our lives and how it affects us and influences us uh, on a daily basis. Amen. So we're going to get into God's word today. But before we do, can we just pray? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that, Lord, you're doing something amazing and though Lord our, our our bodies or our world or things around us Lord may not be conducive for rejoicing today we put our joy in you and our hope in you and our joy and our, our our trust is in you today it's not in anything else there's nothing else that we can put our trust in amen that is worthy of it that counts and that'll last but you we pray that as we get into your word your word would get into us and so when we leave this place, we carry your word, your word would carry us today. Thank you for your empowering grace to live a godly life today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. So and as we 
looked at grace the last couple weeks and the power uh, of grace in our lives. We're living under the influence, and uh, we call it LUI. I don't know if that's proper, but we, we talk about we're living under the influence. Amen. How many know there's a lot of things that can influence our lives and a lot of things that are seen and unseen? But you know, when you're under the power of the influence of something, it really determines and directs your thoughts, your attitudes, your behavior. And how many believe that every Christian needs to be living under the influence of God's grace? Every Christian needs to be living under the influence. And really what happens is, is that that influence on our lives becomes the epicenter, becomes the hub. It becomes that central system for which everything else in our lives uh, comes out of. And so I believe that as Paul was talking about here, and we want to look into it, there's three things that we see that influence our lives as believers, and that is the cross, the Holy Ghost, and the end. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today about living under the influence of the cross, the crucified life. How many believe that we're called to live a crucified life? Amen. Living the crucified life. One of the things that Paul brought out is he said that um, the grace of God has appeared or showed up or manifested. How has the grace of God appeared? I believe simply the cross. The cross was, is really the gateway and the pathway to eternal life. The cross of Jesus Christ really became the, the center of the Bible. If you look at it, everything in the Old Testament points to Calvary. Everything after uh, goes back to Calvary. How many believe that Jesus Christ came to die for our sins? Amen. And so the cross is that central theme. It, it is really uh, that, that Paul brought out, but also, as we see in the Scriptures, that it was that grace of God, how He really showed His grace. How many believe that the cross is the complete expression of God's love? The cross of Jesus Christ was the complete expression of God's love. Someone said, well, how does God show me love? He showed it 2,000 years ago when He came and died on the cross. How many believe that? Amen. And so He did that. You know, one of the things I found out is the closer I get to God the more I realize the power of the cross. And the more I see the power of the cross, the more I fall in love with Jesus. How I many you know it just kind of goes back and forth? I, I, I just got close to God and I really, you man, I'm, I'm really drawing close to the Lord and getting in His Word and all of a sudden I just see the power of the cross in my life every day. And the more I see the power of the cross in my life every day, the more I love God. And the more I love God, the more I see the power of the cross. The more I see, come on, it just happens that way, doesn't it? One of the things I love that Paul teaches us in Galatians chapter 2 Verse 20 or 21, if you click or turn there, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, 21, he brings this out. He talks about the, the power of the influence of the cross in his life and how he lived a, a life that was under the influence of the cross. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified and with all the notes and notations there. But it says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the body I live by the faith, in adherence to, in reliance on, complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. How many can say praise God? Amen. Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace, the unmerited favor of God. For it is justification, for if justification or righteousness, acquittal from guilt, comes through observing the ritual of the law, then Christ the Messiah died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain. His death was then wholly superfluous. But he goes back and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And he says in verse 21, because of this, I do not frustrate the grace 
of God. How many have been crucified with Christ? How many are born again here today and, and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And that's what it means to be born again and receive Jesus as your Messiah. In Galatians 2.20, in the living, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and the real life I now live. The real life. How many know, before you met Jesus, drugs, that, that you, you know, and, and crime, that, that's not reality. That's not your real life. That's not what he's saying. How many know we don't live a real life on Monday, but another life on Sunday? It's the whole life, isn't it? I have my married life. I have my church life. I've got my work life. It's not all these different. It's one life. And he said the real life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's my real life. How many know drugs and crime and, and all those things, divorce? That's not reality. God, God wants to bring you back to reality. How many know when you get saved, reality comes into focus? Amen? Comes into priority. And so he says that the real life I live now, I live this way. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Talking about the grace of God. Well, how did the grace of God appear in his life? It was by the cross. And so I want to encourage you and give you a couple points here that I feel that those who live under the influence of the cross, they identify with two things, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're living under the influence of the cross, you're identifying with the death of Jesus Christ. You're identifying with the resurrection. How many identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Amen? How many have done that? Amen. And we do that. And so those that live under the influence of the cross... We identify with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, after we're born again, one of the things we have to realize is that we're, we're, we have to continue to live under the influence of the cross. And therefore, I'm subject to the message of the cross and I'm subject to the power of the cross in my life. How many are subject to the power of the cross in your life? I'm subject to the power of the cross in my life. It's not just something I did when I was a, a kid and then I just moved on. It's something that I live by every day. It's something that I live by that power and I'm subject to the message of the cross. Did you know that? How many know that there's a message of the cross? It's not just believe in Jesus. It's live the life. Be a disciple. Amen. Follow after Jesus for the rest of your life. How many are living under the message and the power of the cross? I'm living under the influence of that. And one of the things I realized that if God gave me so much favor and God gave me so much grace, then I, that means I had to escape something. I had to leave something. I had to be saved from something. I had to be rescued from something, as we said, sang today. I was rescued from something. How many believe that if God showed you so much grace, that means you came out of something? That means God saved you from something. Amen? Well, what did he save you from? Well, he saved me from a bad attitude and, and a broken heart. No, he saved me from sin. The Bible says that Jesus made it clear that I've come to call people to repentance. I've come to seek and save that which is lost, to bring people out of sin. Come on, is that right? The Bible says that all unrighteousness is sin. We talked about that last week and what sin is. And so one of the things I realized is that if God gave me grace, then I had to escape something and I escaped sin. I was rescued from sin. I was rescued from, from eternal death. I was rescued from darkness. Come on, somebody. Amen. We were brought out of darkness into God's marvelous light. That's how he saved us. And he did it by the cross. I like what the, one of the writers that I've been reading recently brought out about the cross. He says that grace isn't sweet until sin becomes bitter. When you realize that you're a sinner, when you realize that you were in sin, but God loves you, come on, and He had died for you, and he has, His mercy and His grace is there for you, how many know something becomes really sweet in your life? Amen. But you realize that sin is that bitter thing. 
thinking the other day about that old song called The Old Rugged Cross. And the chorus goes like this. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. How many love that old rugged cross? How many just embraced that and said, you know what, amen, that was what Jesus did and, and used and, and that's how he died for me and that's why he showed his love for me. And I believe that if you're living under the influence of grace, you've got to be living under the influence of his death and his resurrection. There's something as Paul began to write and shows us later, he gives his testimony in Acts chapter 26. Paul talks about how Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and he says, he puts it this way in one translation, it says, grace met me. How many can say that's my testimony? I was going one way, I was doing my thing, but grace showed up. The grace of God has appeared to all men. Grace showed up. How many are praying for somebody in your family that grace will appear to them? That grace will meet them. That grace will, like Paul, show, uh, meet them in the way as they're going their own life, doing their own thing. And Paul even said at that testimony, he said, I, I didn't do anything to deserve it. I was on my way to kill people. I was the least candidate that God should love and show his grace on. He said, grace met me. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, grace met me? Amen. Grace met me. I'm thankful for that day. And so he's living under the influence and teaching us that we can live under the influence of the cross. You know, one of the things I realize is we get into this teaching of grace, is the power of grace in my life, is that I realize that I'm not under grace until I repent. I mean, the old adage rings true that God loves the sinner but hates the sin. There's an old saying that we say that, right? Come on, how many believe that? But, you know, God's love is there. His sacrifice has been made. The, the salvation is available, but I've got to come in through that door. Jesus said, I am the door that anybody wanted to enter in. I'm the door. You've got to go in that door. And what's that door represent? It represents Calvary. Amen. It represents the cross. And so if you want to be saved and have eternal life, how many know you've got to go through the cross? You've got to go through that gateway and that pathway, which is the cross. And, and, and I like this, really, this truth is that God's love does not pardon sin. Repentance does. Anybody get a hold of that? God shows me love. He's, he's already made a way for me because of His love. And he, he expressed His love to me. But how many know I don't receive that grace, don't receive that walk in that love, and really ex understand that expression of love until I repent of my sin? I've got to come to the place where I understand and recognize that, God, I was away from you. There's a separation called sin. There's a curse in my life that I can't see you forever until I deal with it, and it's called sin. How many know sin is a huge God problem? And if it's a God problem, there's a God solution. Amen. I couldn't do anything about it. You couldn't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it. But Jesus Christ came to say, I am the answer. That's when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You couldn't do it. There's no way. You didn't know the way. You didn't know the truth. You don't have it. He said, but I am. Amen. Just kind of going over a refresher from those that have been saved for a while. Amen. But really the message of the cross is redemption and restoration through repentance. You don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm redeemed. God's, he's already done the work at Calvary and automatically I'm saved. There needs to be a time that we confess our sins and we realize that we're, come on, we realize that we're away from God and we're the prodigal and we're the runaway and we're the one that, we're the one that, that, that has the violation. We're the one that has the brokenness. God 
has already, come on, made a way for us to be saved. And so the message of the cross is redemption and restoration through repentance. And the way really into that perfect fellowship with God and has been restored through Jesus if we confess our sins and are baptized according to Mark 16, 16. The Bible says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. How many believe the Bible? Amen. I believe that. And so one of the things we understand about water baptism we teach here is that at our church, and one of the things we see in the Bible is that baptism is being separated from sin, consecrated to God, and dedicated for His service. When you're baptized in water, amen, you receive the blood of Jesus, amen. You receive that shed blood of Jesus, and the Bible says that we're cleansed and washed, amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Having been buried with Jesus in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God, who raised Him from the dead. How many know you've got to identify with the death and resurrection of Jesus? Many people say, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to die. <laughs> How many know there's no resurrection without crucifixion? And that's what the Bible says. And so we identify with that. And so the, the Bible makes it clear in Romans 6 that the dominion and the influence of sin and sickness are broken at the cross. That's the work that Jesus did at Calvary. I, I love what Bishop Ann Jimenez said. She said that God's perfect answer for the fall of man was the cross. How many believe that with all your heart? God's answer. His perfect answer was the cross. It's not just having a better life and changing your, your ideology and how you think about life and, and all that. It is, amen, a change of heart. And that happens through the cross. And so at the cross, death was defeated, sickness was cured, salvation was purchased, and fellowship restored, and prophecy was fulfilled all at the cross in one moment. Amen. So one of the things I realized is and asked myself this question, so if we have to identify with the death and resurrection of Jesus then how do we do that? How can I live in this identity? How can, as Paul said, that I am crucified with Christ? How do we do that on a daily basis? I just want to share with you a couple things. I feel it's so important that, number one, never forget where you came from and the price that was paid for your life. You know, over and over again in the Old Testament, the, you know, the children of Israel were reminded over and over again, even Isaiah prophesied about it and Micah prophesied about it, hundreds of years after about the exodus don't ever forget where you came from don't ever forget that your fathers were 400 years they were in slavery but God raised up a deliverer how many know that's a picture of Jesus amen he's the deliverer out of sin and sickness and disease amen and uh, so constantly he said don't forget me when Jesus broke bread and he took wine and he had communion the first communion we call it the last supper but really it was the first communion Amen. If we ever realized that, you know, what was that all about? That was to remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance or don't ever forget. Don't ever get to a place where you forget and you get so busy with your life and you get so, you know, you've been saved for so long that, you know, everything becomes old hat to you and you get stale and crusty and don't ever forget. Remind yourself every day is talking about the mercies are new every morning. How many know we need to remind ourselves every day that, Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins. That just, I don't know, that just stirs you up. I mean, when, when, you know, in a marriage, that's so good to go back and talk about when you were dating and when you first met and how thin you were. <laughs> how great it was and how young you were. And you could, you could stay up and do this and do that and drive for hours and not get tired. And, right? Come on. How many know that just does something to your heart? And, and you kind of just remind yourself about why you're together and, and what brought you together and there's just something about it. And then you get older and your kids get older and you want to start talking about it and you brag about it. And yeah, when we were your age, we really knew how to kiss, 
right? Come on, you do those things. And so, you know, you never forget, and the Bible makes it clear that this is the power and the significance of communion and worship. Did you know that worship is to really just kind of remind ourselves over and over again how good God is? How good He's been? How awesome He is? How great He's been to us? Amen? Isn't that what David wrote about? All the Psalms, the 150 chapters of Psalms are all about how good God is. Amen? Come on, our worship services, you know, back in the day, it was all about, in the Old Testament, it was all about sacrifice. It had very little to do with music, but it was called worship. And they constantly reminded themselves, we had to do this because of your kindness. We had to do this because of your mercy. We do this because you're a gracious God. And so that the power and significance of communion and worship is all wrapped up in never forgetting. So never forget where you came from and the price that was paid for your life. The the nails, the crowns of thorns, the stripes on on Jesus' back, the piercings were for our sin. Not because you're such a good person, but because you were so unlovely. And aren't you glad that He loves the unlovely, the untouchable? He'll touch you. He'll reach out to those that others don't want. Come on, sin had left you by the side of the road. And as Jesus was that good Samaritan, he came and he poured in the wine and the oil. Amen. So we need to remind ourselves of that. I love the teachings of Paul over and over. And he said, I am crucified with Christ. Paul the Apostle identified with everything that cross represented. Everything. Everything that represented the cross. The death, the burial, resurrection, the power, the forgiveness, the prophecy, everything. He said, I identify with that. He goes on to say in Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, he said, For I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. I mean, he just took it serious and took it literal that, that everything I suffer for Jesus, I'm reminded of the cross. It's for the message of the cross. I've given my life to the, to the message of the cross. One of the most profound statements that Paul makes in the New Testament is in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He said, That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. How many know that constantly Paul was pointing us to that place that we need to be under the influence of the cross? See, grace helps your memory. Grace helps your memory. Did you know that? Some of you are taking vitamins this morning to help you remember where your keys are. But grace helps your memory. You'll never forget. It helps you never forget. Always remember what Jesus did at Calvary. Every time you see a scripture in the Bible that mentions grace, you need to go put, just kind of put beside in parentheses the cross of Jesus. Amen? Because that's what it was about. Is that right? Right? In fact, people who, that are religious and they get legalistic and they get off, they have a poor memory. They, they've got memory loss. They forget about it. They forget about how good God was to them and how, 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 you know, how the Bible says that all our righteousness was, was just dirty and it wasn't worthy, but Jesus made us worthy. Amen. And so I don't know about you, but I don't want to get that way. So never forget where you came from and the price that was paid for your life. And secondly, carry your cross daily. This, this really helps us come into this identity of, and, and understand that, that we are really living under the influence of the cross on a daily basis Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, He said, Whoever doesn't take their cross and, and wants to follow Me is not worthy of Me. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, but you're not worthy to take up your cross, you're not worthy to do it. You can't do it. He says it just, it's not going to work for you. In fact, Jesus approached a young man, and this young man said, What do I have to do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, follow the Ten Commandments. What do they say? He pointed him back to the Ten Commandments, and He said, I've, I've done all that. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm doing all that. Jesus said, there's one thing you lack, one thing's missing in your life, young man, 
And that is sell everything you have and follow me. The Bible says he just couldn't do it. He just he couldn't do it. Come on, is that right? He couldn't do it. And Jesus calls us. And if you're a disciple, he calls us really to this walk of carrying our cross every single day. One of the things I love about the teachings of carrying your cross every day, denying yourself and carrying your cross is this, is that it's a constant reminder of who we are in Christ. When you, when you talk about carrying a cross every day, you think, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to be persecuted. I've got to suffer today. That's not necessarily what it's talking about. It's talking about constantly remind yourself of who you are in Jesus Christ. Amen. What Jesus has done for you, who you are. And that's what it means to come under the influence of the cross in your life. Amen. And so what does Jesus say that carrying a cross looks like? Well, we talked about it, giving up everything, being willing to give up everything, love God more than everything, things and family, give up everything, deny yourself. And that means to deny the part that fights against God's obedience, to fight against that part. That's what he means to deny yourself, obey his teachings, do his work, follow him through sufferings and persecution and even death. That's what it means to carry your, carry your cross. You know, it's amazing how many people were, were around Jesus when he was popular. The Bible says that Jesus was so popular that he could barely walk down the street. In fact, they heard about him coming and they were, they were in the streets three days before Jesus even got there. And he was so famous and he was so popular, but you know, he wasn't that famous when he was hanging on the cross. The Bible says everyone left him. And he looked down and he said, are you going to leave too? Are you going to go too? Come on. I don't know about you, but I don't know what crowd I'd be in. I've got to be honest with you. If we saw the Roman soldiers arrest Jesus, come in, maybe, maybe some of you would be like that one guy that Mark talks about in the Gospel of Mark. He, he, they, they grabbed him by the, by the clothes and he was so afraid that he shook right out of his clothes and ran away naked. Now maybe that might be some of you, I don't know. I don't know. Or you're like Peter where you just kind of follow afar off and want to check it out. But I don't know about you, but when Jesus says carry your cross every day, he means carry your cross Every day to deny yourself. In Galatians 6, chapter, four, or chapter 6, verse 14, Paul said this. He said, as for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in all the attractive things of the world was killed long ago. And the world interest in me also died long ago. How many know that's pretty serious? Amen. How many are, as we talked about last week, taking the grace of God seriously, coming to the place where you're living under the influence of the cross in your life every single day? You know, when we deny ourselves, we talk about it later, but we talk about denying ourselves, that talking about the part of us that doesn't want to do what's right, the part of us that really doesn't want to obey God and love other people more than we love ourselves and, and love God with everything. Come on. I mean, come on. That's the part that we deny. That's the part that we push back and we say, you know what? We're going to turn away from that. We're going, to, we're going to push back on that. We're going to reject that. We're going to stiff arm that kind of thinking in our life so that we can be, amen, live under the influence of the cross every day in our lives. The third thing is not just we carry our cross every day, but we walk in newness of life. Walk in new life. That's what the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, it says that we are to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, one of the things that I've come to understand about when we talk about grace is we don't need to work for righteousness. We've got to walk in it. How many know Jesus is our righteousness? Jesus already made you righteous before God when you're born again and you receive the blood of Jesus. You're made righteous before God. You don't have to try to work it up and prove it. And, okay, I'm going to show how righteous I can be before God. How many know through Jesus you've been made righteous? 
Come on, you've been made holy. Aren't you glad for that? Why? Because he's righteous. He's holy. And we receive his righteousness. And so we don't have to work for righteousness. We've got to walk in it. That's what the Bible says. Walk in righteousness. In Romans chapter 5, verse 21, it says that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign or rule through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. And so just that sin kind of reigned in your lives and, and it took us in the way of death, that grace needs to reign in our lives through righteousness, amen, unto eternal life. Amen? Right? Amen. amen. Aren't you glad that grace gives me a license to do what's right? <laughs> you thought I was going to say something else. Come on, grace gives me a, a, a license, amen, a privilege, gives me favor to live differently than I used to live. Grace, grace gives me a license to live after godliness and, and run after God. It gives me that, that, that really that right that I have in Jesus Christ to do what's right. Amen? It gives me that right and that license to live differently. I mean, is that right? Why? Because I don't have to sin now. The Bible says that I, I almost couldn't help but sin. I lived under its nature. I lived under its control. But how many know when the Bible says in Romans 8 that Jesus came and he broke the vicious cycle of sin that we don't have to obey sin's lust and sin's callings and sin's drawings. Is that right? Amen. That we can live free from that. And it's for freedom that we've been made free in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Maybe this will be something you'll share with your neighbors this week. I don't know. But grace gives me a license to live differently. I love that. Because the Bible makes it clear as we sang today that our hands were chained. We were bound by sin. We were bound by unrighteous thinking and ungodliness. And we, we wanted to worship other idols and everything but God. And we wanted to run after everything, all the lust and, and, and lie to people and, and cheat and kill other people. That was in our old nature. But the Bible says now we have a new nature. We need to live under the, the nature of God. Come on, put on that new man. And, and live in that way. And so it's very important that if Jesus, if you believe that Jesus was, then we should live like he is. That's important, isn't it? The Bible makes an emphasis and puts emphasis on the fruits of repentance or the evidence of repentance. The, there's, there's just markers of repentance. And then it also talks about fruits of righteousness, fruits in our lives. Amen. Just evidence and fruits of righteousness. And so once we're baptized into Jesus, I believe it's important that we live according to his words, his will, and his ways. That's just what it means. It simply means that. And so, you know, the Bible says this, and I love this scripture. It says that the Bible says we should live a life worthy of the calling. That we need to live according to the calling or, 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 or kind of up to that standard of the calling that God called us to by His grace. And that simply means that the, really the influence of the cross in our lives. We need to live worthy. How many know if Jesus loved us and He died for us and He gave Himself for us, we've got to live for Him. Amen. That's what it means. It simply means that we've got to live a life that's worthy of the calling of God on our lives. Amen. The calling of salvation. That's what it simply means. And so the last thing I want to just share with you is that one of the things is, is because I, I believe in Jesus, I follow his ways, and, and I, I, I follow his teachings as a fact, as absolute, not as, not as something that's kind of a, an extension. How many know Jesus and the cross of Jesus is not a feature in my life? It's not an add-on. It's not an app. It's not an option. It's not an accessory. It's not something that I get. It's not something I just... It's, it, it's the core of my life. It's really the cross and everything that was done at Calvary really kind of directs my life. And that's what it means to live under the influence of the cross of Jesus Christ. How many want to live under the influence? 
of the cross, amen, in your life. And so today I wanted to share those things with you, and I wanted to stop right here. And I believe that there's a few other things we can bring out, but amen, it's important that we just kind of share that we need to live under the influence of the cross today. Amen. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want to live under the influence amen. of the cross, amen? Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. You know, I, I really love that, and I, as someone who is young and away from the Lord, I, I really just, it meant a lot to hear that from somebody, that the cross was the complete expression of God's love. It was what God said, that I love you, and then I'll show it to you. How many know God doesn't just say it, He shows it? And he did it through the cross. He did it through the sacrifice of his life. And all the things that led up to the cross, all the, all the, the betrayals and the, the lying and the false testimony and the, 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 the false trials and all those things that led up to that. You know, the nails in his hands and the crown of thorns and the beating that he took from our sin. I mean, the Bible says that it was for our disobedience. It was for our reckless behavior that he went to Calvary. It's for our sickness and our disease that He suffered and He was whipped. Aren't you glad that He took your disease and your sin and your sickness? Aren't you glad that when, when John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, he said he had the keys of hell, death, and the grave? Your future, your former future, was in the hands of Jesus. Amen. He conquered it. So many people say, well, the devil's after me and he's attacking me. Listen, if you're a child of God, amen, you're talking about somebody that's already been defeated. You're talking about something that's already been done. We've already won. We've already overcome through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the power of the cross. That's when Jesus said that it's finished. That means all the power, all the, the, all, all the things that God had intended for the cross was completed at the cross of Calvary. And so when we receive the cross, we say, Lord, I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as that, that suffering servant, as the Messiah, the promised Messiah that would come, that would take on my sin. I want to know you received everything that God had for you through Jesus Christ. All His righteousness, all His holiness, all His, all His perfect love was in Jesus Christ. You know, we can never lose sight of the cross of Jesus Christ. When you witness to somebody and tell them about Jesus for the first time, don't talk about how crazy your church is and how cool it is and, and how they would love Christianity. You can wear a cross around your neck and all these things. How I many know we need to direct them to the cross? Because it's the gateway and it's the pathway to eternal life. We need to live under the, under the influence of the cross. We need to carry our cross every day and walk in that newness of life. Not, not, not fulfill the lust of the flesh as the Bible says and live like any old way. But we've got to go the way Jesus showed us how to go. Amen. How many believe he is the truth? He is the life and he is the, amen, the life and the way. And so I believe that. I believe that the significance and the power of the cross comes alive in our lives when we live under the influence of the cross. As we talked about last week, that we want to be grace-fueled and grace-filled and grace-forward, not reckless or careless about the grace of God, but we want to be intentional about the grace of God. Amen? When you come to church and you lift your hands, it's not just you're just repeating after somebody and singing songs. Man, it's a way that we show the power and significance of the cross. Amen? That we're so thankful and so grateful that Jesus loved us so much where we were where we were, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Amen? How many know that needs to influence your heart today? That needs to influence the way you speak to people, and the way you behave, and the, come on, the way you act at home, you need to live under the influence of the cross. You've got to carry your cross and deny yourself. When you want to say that, and you want to do that, how many know you've got to live under the power of the cross and deny yourself? Come on, and be like Jesus, and love others, and forgive others, and we can go into all that but I want to do that today. So I'm, my prayer today is that, Lord, just 
help us just help us remember amen the cross of Jesus Christ you say well it's not Easter <laughs> it's not Christmas I mean, no, every single day we need to be fueled by the power of the cross Bible says that Paul records in Romans he said that it is the power of God unto salvation it's the cross it's many people say it's foolish it's simple it just doesn't make sense and why would you believe in a God that you know that believes in self-mutilation and and all those things listen this very God came down himself he didn't he didn't abuse us he took the abuse for himself he could he took our place and so I don't know about you but that makes me want to lift my hands and say Lord thank you thank you for your payment thank you for Lord you stepped in Lord, that gavel was getting ready to come down in that courtroom and I was getting ready to be sentenced to eternal death. But Lord, you stepped in and you said, I'll take his place. All the payment of sin and all the handwritings against me, all the violations, amen, were done away with in Jesus Christ through the cross. Lord, I thank you today that the answer for the fall of man is the cross, Lord. The perfect answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. Help us live under the influence of the cross of Calvary. Help us deny ourselves and take up our cross every day and follow you as a true disciple of Jesus. I don't, I don't know and care really what's going on around us in our culture. Lord, we're not going to be affected by it. We're going to still live under the power of the cross. We thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we know that a lot of people are making fun and, and Christianity is now becoming a pain to a lot of people. But Lord, we thank you that it's that message of the cross that to deliver them and set them free and put them on course or eternal life. And we thank you for that, Lord, today. Lord, I just thank you for the power and the message of the cross that we're carrying from this, this kind of room today, Lord, this, this meeting, this kind of meeting today. We carry it, Lord, to our neighbors, to our workplace, to our family, wherever we go, Lord, let us carry the message of the cross. And I just, I just echo the words of Paul that say, I am a debtor to all men to preach the cross. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. If you need prayer today, sick in your body, maybe there's something going on, struggling with, we want to pray with you.